it is your host, Mariam Ernest, and welcome to the Recovery from Fragmented Families podcast. This podcast is dedicated to you, my wonderful listeners and subscribers who have been affected by family estrangement. And now you seek out your own journey to emotional recovery, inner healing, and self-discovery. This podcast will cover all aspects of family estrangement and will dig deeper to uncover the deep seeded reasons of why people choose to cut ties with their families for good or why others have been cut off by their families. But most importantly, we will cover how they have made a full recovery from this or at least how to live with it. These conversations will not only inspire you, motivate you and educate you, but will also serve as a guide to a life of fulfillment, free from anger and resentment, by activating your inner strength of resilience and transforming your mindset. We can't wait for you to join us. You are amongst families and friends. So let's get started on this journey. Hello to my wonderful listeners. It is your host, Mariam, and welcome to another week's episode on family estrangement. So today's episode, we are talking about family estrangement and rebuilding you. So as a transformational coach, I work with people to accelerate their emotional recovery after family estrangement and therefore creating a lasting change. For me to do that, I honestly have to dig really deep into the world of family estrangements and the emotions that ensue as a result of going through such experience. So let me recap on what family estrangement is. And my previous episode, I touched on this, but just for my listeners who haven't listened to my previous episode, I will touch on it again. So, family estrangement is the loss of previously existing relationship between family members, parents, siblings, grandparents, children, cousins, aunties and uncles. Estrangement means physical and emotional distancing to the extent that there's no communication between the individuals involved for a long period of time and sometimes forever. And in many cases, this tend to be forever actually. Family estrangements affects all demographics and cuts across all social classes. No one's immune. And when I say this, I mean all demographic. It doesn't matter your ethnicity. It doesn't matter of your uh, social class. It does not matter of your financial circumstances. It does not even matter of your gender. Family estrangements affect everyone. But I guess this is all part of the complexities in human relationships, isn't it? Right? I guess this is one thing that we can never really truly control is other people or other people cannot control us, which is essentially leads to family estrangements. 
Dysfunctional family dynamics are strong predictors for family estrangement. So if you are in a family and it is enshrined in toxic dynamics or just generally dysfunctional dynamics, you can best believe that could be one of the strong predictors of family estrangement in the future. The causes of family estrangement is multifaceted. But reoccurring, a reoccurring observable theme include traumatic experiences such as abuse, neglect, or domestic violence, parental misbehavior, constant disagreement, disappointments, major life events, poor communication, pitting, toxic family drama triangle, difference in morals, ethics, values, and beliefs. Now, all those can play a major role. Individually, they might not seem huge, with exception of, of abuse, because physical abuse, in absence of everything else, is still abuse. There's no excuses for that. Or emotional abuse. Or sexual abuse, right? So there's no excuses or such, even if it's done in single terms. The one thing I do observe in many toxic families is that, especially for families that become estranged, is pitting. Now, what do I mean by pitting? Pitting is where one family member or several would start whispering. I call, I call this poisoning the whale or dropping poison in people's ears about other family members. So now you're creating a tension among family members due to I call also Chinese whispers of hearsay. That caused a lot of disunity and disharmony. I'm sure a lot of you listening to this, you've been probably a victim of slander, rumours. That's all in part of pitting, unfortunately. Poor communication is another one that is observable in family estrangement as well. Another thing about family estrangement, it is that it is common and more prevalent than what people think it is. Now, I did touch this on my previous episode. Estrangement can happen suddenly um, after, say, an unfortunate event. And other times it is a result of emotional trespass compounded over a period of time. Sometimes estrangement is viewed as the solution for the purpose of healing. However, the emotional turmoil of the decision still needs to be dealt with. So if you have become estranged from your family because of toxic family dynamics, family estrangement is viewed as a solution for you to heal. But you also remember the reason why you're hurting is because just because you recognize that those patterns were toxic, the people that you're detaching yourself from, these have been these have been the people you've grown up with. These have been the people that you've known from the day that you were born. This is a system you're so familiar with. Even if it's a system that's caused you so much hurt and pain, it is the system that you're familiar with. And I'm sure it's just taken you so much courage to even walk away. 
But, you know, people find themselves missing their family members. But at the same time, when they outweighs um, the benefits of having that contact, sometimes the estrangement kind of offers some kind of respite, especially if it's an abusive type of relationship. Um, if you say you have an, an abusive mother, for example, an abusive father or relatives, um, as much as you might remember the good days when things are great, for example, on family gathering, when everybody's laughing and talking, which is a few and far in between, but with one of those happy moments, it is enshrined by a hundred other moments where there's been levels of unacceptable behavior. So, but what I'm trying to say that it is normal to feel that way. You know, again, human emotions, the complexities of our emotions are just that. It's okay to actually miss that because, again, the people that you're no longer in touch with did form the tapestry of who you are. Some parts of your identity came as a result of being in such a family unit. So, yeah. Don't be so hard on yourself. That's what I'm trying to say. So you tend to find that um, in family estrangement that family members are no longer viewed as people who you can trust or perhaps even display your vulnerability to. In another word, the trust has been completely eroded, right? I'm sure you can recognize that. The narrative of family is everything can evoke really weird emotions, especially if you're going through family estrangement. Now, the reason why I bring that up about the narrative of family is everything is because we don't often feel the same because at the same time acknowledging family is everything especially when it comes to extended family members, we also know that family was a source of emotional pain, right? Uh, not, fa not, not, per not family is perfect, I, I understand that. But there's difference between having imperfect families and having an abusive family. So I think it's better to put that in perspective. All family members have their difficulties. But sometimes when it comes to family estrangement, it goes beyond your typical difficulties that you're likely to observe in families. So now that I've recapped on what family estrangement is, I'll go back to why I like to do the work that I do, right? As I mentioned earlier, I like to go to places I know sometimes that are not touched upon, especially when it comes to family estrangement, right? This is because I really want to get to the root of human suffering. My previous episode, I'd mentioned that I'm absolutely obsessed in understanding human behavior and what makes us us. This also includes 
human suffering. Unfortunately, human suffering, it is part of the human experience. And I often argue that it is within those human suffering experiences that sometimes we grow as people, right? We get to know our strength. We get to know how resilient we are by going through such experiences. And I call them life experiences wrapped in cactus. We are often plagued with human suffering. Even if it is not personally us, the chances are we know someone who's currently suffering. If you're listening to this, chances are you have gone through some form of family estrangement and now you want to make sense of it. Perhaps you walked away from a toxic family dynamics for the purpose of emotional recovery, but you're now feeling guilty, perhaps confused, or maybe even ambivalent, even though you know the decision is correct. Perhaps you might be the one that a family member or members have chosen to walk away from and you're now trying to make sense of everything. If you find yourself stuck and being unable to move on, the chances are you're focusing on the symptoms and circumstances that led to the family estrangement instead of the root causes and doing the inner work. What I mean by circumstances and symptoms is that we often like to play traumatic events in our mind, right? We play them over and over, reliving that trauma time and time again. My previous episode, I discussed that when we're living in that state, sometimes our brain does not differentiate the difference between events that have previously happened to the events that are happening now. We feel the emotions just the same. So sometimes we get that cortisol pumping through our blood. We feel the raw emotions bringing tears to our eyes, right? So that's what I mean when I say you're focusing on the symptoms and circumstances. And if you're focusing on that, you're going to be going around in circles emotionally. You're going to find yourself in the same state, okay? It's not a bad thing. I'm not saying you need to shut down your emotions. Absolutely acknowledge your emotions, because if we don't acknowledge them, they go somewhere and eventually they do surface again. So not, make no mistake about it, right? But after how long do you want to keep punishing yourself and reliving these uh, memories, preoccupying your mind morning, noon and night? It is the last thing you're thinking before you go to bed. So first thing you're thinking in the morning you just have to look at pictures around you to be reminded, right? Is it really worth your sanity at this point? What would healing mean to you at this point? You see, for you to achieve the next level of healing, instead of going around in circles, you would need to go to the next level of your healing so you can have life fulfillment. If what I'm saying is resonating with you, then you're in the right place. And remember, going through family estrangement is a form of life adversity. But here's my take on life adversities. 
They're not meant to steal things from us, from you. But adversities have the ability to make us, to make you look inside yourself, to find your inner giant. I call mine the resilient giant, right? So that's what I find adversities do. They can often reveal part of ourselves that we didn't even know existed. Of course, for us to get there, we had to go through, you know, prickly bushes. Some people even say hot coal. But we got there in the end and we realised we can do it. You can do this, right? I once read that when we're trying to recover from, you know, situations like uh, family estrangement, where it's been very emotionally draining and, you know, our mind can start focusing on the negative is that we have a negativity default setting in our mind and I guess it it is to do with our survival right so negativity is like a velcro to our minds and positivity is like teflon in other words we tend to gravitate towards um, the negative state of mind which will eventually erodes us, our sense of uh, our sense of self worth and esteem. This is where your inner critique is amplified, and it because it's getting fed on a steady diet of your lack of self worth and esteem. And did you know that your inner critique gets more louder, more bolder, and more powerful? when you've experienced external, say, bullying, harsh criticism, nasty and belittling from others. If you've gone through family estrangement, some of those experiences, you might be all too familiar with them. And I would also like to add that what happened to you was wrong, right? But you don't have to continue being mean to yourself. You really don't. So remember, if you're finding that you're quite harsh on yourself, think back. When did you start receiving those harsh criticism? If your family estrangement was due to um, bullying behaviour, for example, someone was bullying you, you've been belittled, or there was toxic family drama drama triangle, right? What type of self-talk do you hear? When you speak about yourself, when you think about yourself, do you find that you're complimenting other people, you see the goodness in others before even you see the goodness in yourself? Why is that? Right? Sometimes it's these little kind of questions that you need to be you need to be asking yourself because they can often reveal part of ourselves that we need to work on. So I'll challenge you that the next time you're standing in front of the mirror, Look yourself in the eyes and tell yourself that I give myself permission to heal. Simply start with that and just kind of pay attention to what kind of feelings that statement evokes, right? Because often we feel so, we feel so much guilt, right? We feel we're to blame and therefore not worthy of healing. That's why I say pay attention to what that 
inner dialogue is going to be trying to convince you after you say those words. The key is, is the inner dialogue. Building on your internal resilience can literally make all the difference in the world when dealing with family estrangement. It is never too late to go through the journey of healing. You are exactly where you're meant to be. The journey to healing is right here and right now waiting for you. And when you embrace it, you're going to realize everything else will change. And it, you know, basically see improvements in your life. It doesn't necessarily mean that, you know, estrangement is going to go away. You'll still be, that will still have happened because now it's already happened, right? But it's about learning how to live with that. It's about learning to intellectualize what you've been through. It's about understanding who you are and why do things happen in a way they do? And what, what is our responses? How do we contribute towards everything? And how can we make the changes now? What powers do you have going forward? We all have these innate powers. We just don't realize we do, right? Because we spend most of our time outsourcing it to other people externally from us. Okay? If you have a sense of shame and guilt as a result of family estrangement, when you focus on your inner healing, you will step into a life not filled with guilt and shame. And I realize why people have a guilt and shame around this. I was speaking to a friend and we were talking about the topic of family estrangement and she mentioned about a friend who she knew who did not was not in touch with any of our family members. And then she said, you know, sometimes you have to wonder when people are not in touch with any of their family members. It must be something to do with them. And for that moment, I realized, wow, this is why people find it so hard to talk about, even when they've been a victim of um, abuse and become a stranger as a result because this idea that if you're not communicating with your mum you're not communicating with your maybe siblings that something it must be wrong with you right and that's why people don't say anything sometimes people literally are fleeing away from abuse sometimes sexual sometimes physical emotional and from my research and from the people that I've spoken to is you tend to find, for example, a person that's become estranged. They were a victim of maybe emotional abuse, but other family members stood by and watched it happen because maybe a very dominant member of the family was doing that. Whenever they tried to speak up, they were shamed. In doing so and told what well, everybody goes through the same thing you're not unique right and also the people that were responsible for the abuse they have these people who are enablers and I call enablers are the people who are able to say something but they don't 
So when generally you become estranged from people, you also become estranged from them because you grown up watching as they become enablers. And at the time, it's not necessarily that a person is becoming estranged from all their family members. Say, for example, you become estranged from and a mother who is emotionally abusive, right? And that mother now is upset and now is involving in um, slander. Now going around to all family members and telling them that um, you've done certain stuff, even though it's not true, but this idea of painting somebody in a bad light. And other people in a household without ever double checking anything with you they react on that information. So this is how other people might become estranged in those circumstances because then other family members will start distancing themselves based on hearsay. Now, this is very common. And this is what I call pitting, um, which often leads to arguing, um, poor communication, secrets, slander, character assassination, right? Do any of these things resonate with you as you're listening to this? If it is, yeah, it's, sometimes it can be a difficult path, right? The great thing about embracing the journey of healing is that you are no longer being bounded by your past. The past of victimization, hurt, trauma, betrayal, injury or injustice. Your healing will transform those traumas to a powerhouse of healing and setting you essentially free, emotionally free. There is a caveat though, which I will get to later. And I know what you're thinking, that healing to that degree is impossible after all. If it was achievable, a lot of people won't be suffering right now, right? This is where I say the journey to healing is a very personal one and requires commitment. The same way you're committed to your job, your education, your family. It is the same commitment you need to give towards your emotional recovery. And remember, the only thing standing between ourselves and our goals is ourselves. So if your goal is to simply emotionally recover, what I mean by that, the only thing standing between our recovery is basically our mindset. Now, let me put in perspective so you can understand how imperative it is for you to go on a journey of healing. The longest relationship that you are going to have is a relationship with yourself. You're basically with yourself from the day that you were born to the day that you die. So basically, I would advise you, you basically get, you need to know yourself. Obviously, being involved in relationships with others, that's when we get to know ourselves a bit better. For example, how do I know I have a, I could be jealous if I'm not involved in a relationship where I, certain circumstances can reveal a jealous part of me, right? How do I know I'm, I'm a warrior 
For example, once I had my children, I realized, oh my God, I can start worrying. You know, the first time my sons went to school or the first time they went on, on a holiday without me or something, the worry was there. So I'm just saying that when we're involved in, in relationships, it doesn't matter in what capacity, sometimes they teach us about us. When people come into our lives, we learn something about ourselves, right? So yes, as, as much as it's important to get to know yourself, but just understand that other people have a very important role to play in the journey of you getting to know you, right? Now, remember the caveat that I mentioned earlier? Well, in a journey of transforming your pain in, in, um, into your internal powerhouse of healing, you will need to take a tour through the forest of your traumas as you need to get to the bottom of why you're feeling the way you're feeling and, uh, and why you perceive yourself and even your limited beliefs, you need to get to the root of them. Because when you get to the root of them, you can begin to untangle them. Sometimes I say it's an entanglement with the self and you have to start untangling those elements. You would need to start being honest with yourself more than you have ever been and face your fears. There's a saying that beyond your fears is freedom. Well, that rings true for this. A few moments ago, I mentioned that um, going through family estrangement is a form of a life adversities. A very traumatic one for that matter. So this is where I like to shine the light on trauma. Did you know that all of us, to some degree, we've all gone through some form of trauma and the brain registers the pain and keeps the scorecard of the pain. So whatever that we go through, whatever the traumatic event is, even though we might forget about it, intellectualize it, the brain, somewhere along the lines, it keeps a score. And I think this is where things get embedded in, in our subconscious mind, sometimes controlling our responses, those conscious and unconscious ones. Trauma is one of the main reasons that Many people remain stuck in many areas of their lives, whether it's relationship, finances, career goals, travel, anything. When we're deeply traumatized, it can affect us in so many ways that we don't even realize. Sometimes our whole identity is rooted in our trauma, right? And I guess sometimes healing is scary because then what identity are you going to have then? Trauma can hide our true nature. It really does. You know, if you feel that you're worthless, you might not feel like you've got anything to offer anyone. But you could actually be a little superhero hiding under that. And your cape is just in the shadows. Because somewhere along the lines, you are convinced that you're not worth it. Trauma can affect our dreams, aspirations, and goals, as I said. 
Trauma memories are usually stored in our bodies, irrespective of how long the traumatizing event happened. Now, this rings true because sometimes, especially when things happen to us when we're young, you know, you, you are an older age and you're afraid of the dark or you're scared to be in dark in, in closed spaces or you're, you're afraid of, there's so many things, so many phobias. And some of these things are linked into our childhood as well. And this is because somehow the brain has made a has made a link between whatever that phobia is and something previous. In not in all cases, something happens in our adult life, in our teenage years, maybe, but there's some things that are deeply rooted in our childhood. And we often tend to re-traumatize ourselves over and over again by reliving some of the harsh memories that we shouldn't be living with. I call that we're taking a trip down to memory lane. Sometimes I think it's okay to think back, but we mustn't live in that state. It's like, to some degree, some people have a one-way ticket there and they remain there. You know, we come into this life not to suffer. We come into this life to thrive, okay? And I always say we don't need to remain in suffering. And one of my last points when it comes to trauma is that Unresolved trauma, for example, in parents, it is a potential ticking time bomb because then it becomes transmittable trauma, potentially. So there's a saying that either pass it back or pass it on to the new generation, right? And often if we're not careful, we can pass on these dysfunctional, toxic behaviors to the new generation and this is where they call it generation curses or is it is it generation curse or is it toxic behaviors just passed down from one generation to the next so just understand that recovery is definitely possible right but you have to be committed so anyway this is it for this week's episode. Rebuilding you is certainly possible, but it requires commitment. It requires dedication. And you might think, well, I'm okay with my life. I don't need to do any of that. Yes, I'm in emotional pain, but I can live with it. But is it worth, is it worth it? Is it worth the erosion that you're feeling? Is it worth it that you're keeping everybody at distance? Is it worth it that you don't want to form any new relationship with anyone? Is it worth it that you're not trusting? Yes, you're fine. But you know at the moment, you don't trust no one. You know you're waiting for people just to upset you and you can cut them off. You look out for these things. Your brain looks out for emotional trespass from people. Sometimes that's our trauma response. And we just need to get to the root of that. If you believe you deserve better, then definitely you need to be committed to the journey of healing. Anyway, thank you so much for listening and please tune in again next week for another episode. Thank you and once again, it is your host, Mariam. All 
right, so this is it for this week is episode. Don't forget to tune in next week for another episode. Thank you so much. And uh, once again, it's your host, Mariam, at Recovery from Fragmented Families. Thank you.